invite all cats old enough to catch their own prey, gather here beneath the podcast for a clan meeting. Welcome to Paws and Claws, a podcast where we read the Warrior Cats books in chronological order. I'm Scout, joined by my co-host, back from the trenches of sickness, Jill, and today we will be discussing Super Edition number 5, Yellow Fang's Secret, as well as the manga Exile from Shadow Clan. Hi, everyone. Jillian, my friend. I know, it's feeling? been so long. Oh, it's been 84 years. Yeah, literally. <laughs> so I, for listeners, uh, as an FYI, prior to me falling ill this summer, we had six episodes in the tank. We had fi- we were like on it, and then I got sick <laughs> three, See, like three times. <laughs> this is the method paying off because it is. Did we did we burn through half of our backlog while yes. you were recovering from a million illnesses? Yes, but hey, we still got three in the can. Yeah. Oh, uh, but I have missed. I've missed talking to you. I, I have. Missed, too. We were saying before we officially started the recording that I, that we've missed talking about cats with each other. For reference, listeners, today is August twenty seventh, twenty twenty three. The last time we recorded, Twitter was still called Twitter. Oh no. <laughs> oh, I just like felt like a. I had like a full body experience of of. Like, hearing that, everything recoiled. Yeah, that's how long it's been. (laughs) Oh, no. Uh, But yes, so I, you know, went on vacation. I got sick, and then I had family visit, and then I went on vacation, and then I got sick again, and then I went to a (laughs) wedding. And yeah, it has just been this summer. It's been a summer for you. I am glad that you are are starting to... To feel better, though, I'm glad that you went to the doctor and you you found out that you needed some medicine for your lungs. Yeah, my shitty lungs, which you know is very relevant to what we're talking about today, actually. Damn, true. <laughs> uh, but before we get to that, uh, Scout, do we want to talk about how the prey's running? I would love to talk about how the prey's running. Uh, I tell you what, for me today, uh, the the forest. Is empty. The oh, forest God is sparse. Uh, not not had much by way of of prey. Sustenance. I had, yeah, the susten <laughs> the sustenance has been few and far between today. Just because it's it's a Sunday evening, mm-hmm. and Sundays are usually it's the it's the last day before the week starts again, and it's like I don't feel like doing jack shit today. <laughs> yeah, I. It, it was very much that kind of day. It was a very girl dinner sort of day girl for me dinner. and Eric. Mm-hmm. We uh, ordered breakfast from the convenience store, and then neither of us were particularly hungry for lunch. So we had like soda and chips for snacks mm-hmm. in the afternoon. Uh, and then neither of us were particularly hungry for dinner. So we ordered burritos, which I've already regaled you about how disappointing my burrito was. You hate to have a disappointing burrito. Yeah, I mean, the burrito was fine. It just could have been better. Mm-hmm. Um, although, I will say, the weekend I went to, or the uh, wedding I went to last weekend, the food was so good. Yes. I had so much delicious food. I, I love that. I swear to you, I was in a food coma on our drive back home on Sunday. <laughs> I was like... In the car, trying to write 
And I just kept like dozing off because I had eaten so much <laughs> delicious <laughs> spicy food. It was so good. I love that for you. It was it was great. But yeah, so you know, praise run running fine. I haven't picked up Clan Gen in a while because I've been busy with being sick and also with a lot of projects that are in the works. Yeah, you've been busy. I, I yeah. also haven't been playing too much. I, I haven't played any more Clan Gen. What I have been playing is a lot of Crusader Kings 3, yes. which kind of weirdly similar to Clan Gen in some ways. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I I kind of as a you know guy who's only ever listened to Persona saying oh the jazz giving me big Persona vibes, me pointing at Crusader Kings this is giving me clan gen energy. Incredible! I have wanted to try that. I feel like it would be very fun. Oh, I'm having a delightful time. Highly recommend Crusader Kings. 3. I don't think I've really been playing all that many video games because I am waiting in eager anticipation of the day that Eric and I get Baldur's Gate 3 for the PS5. And then uh, my husband and I will lose ourselves to the realm of Faerun. Uh, I am so excited. We've got a second controller so that we can both play together. <laughs> um, oh, that's going to be so fun. I'm so excited for you. I'm so excited. I we have been watching our friend Aaron play it, and he's it's been a great time. And even though we have been watching him play it for several hours, we still have like really not even been spoiled for much at all, which is great. Because there's, I've heard there's so much to the game. There's so much I, to it, and I'm so excited. I realized a couple weeks ago that I can, in fact, I could buy Baldur's Gate and play it on the Steam Deck, which is probably not the optimal situation, but it is the one situation in which I would be able to play it, considering I don't have a PC or mm -hmm. a PS5. Right. Um. So, you know, I might, I might do that once might I'm- Might consider you know, it. I did not even think to look and check. We haven't done a quiz in a while. I didn't check to see if there's oh. like a yellow fang. Well, quiz. let me go check. I the thing is though, if we did a yellow fang quiz, it would have a, a lot, lot of, of spoilers because we will be seeing yellow fang a lot more a lot more later as yes. well. So yeah, you're probably right. We'll save a yellow fang quiz for another time. Oh, there is a quiz for just yellow fang secret. Ooh, there we go. So yeah. we could do one. We could do a Yellow Fang secret quiz. And there's also one with how well do you know Yellow Fang? So we'll just do this one then. All right. I think this will be good, especially because you read this book before I got sick. And I just <laughs> right. read the I book read for, this weekend. For the viewers. Yeah, for, for, the, for the viewers, for the listeners. Uh, I think I read this like, oh, it's got to be like six weeks ago. Yeah, huh? it's like, yeah, six weeks ago. <laughs> And I set up the doc and everything then, too, because we had been hoping to record and then everything just Fell everything happened all at once. Mm -hmm. All right. Let's take this quiz. Yeah. Oh, no. I only got two out of six. Oh, no. What happened? Which two did you get right? I got, why did Ragged Pelt kill his father spoilers uh -huh. and uh which pair of kits was Yellowfang accused of killing i got all the others wrong oh no Sam, uh, yeah i only got two wrong i got uh what made Yellowfang finally decide to embrace her destiny as a medicine cat and which of these cats did not give a life 
in both Ragged Star and Broken Star's leader ceremonies. See, I think I'm right. I I feel like, first of all, Sage Whisker told Yellowpaw that they had to accept it with Silver Flame's time to walk with Star Clan, which Yellowpaw took to mean Sage Whisker had given up on her, is what happens in that scene. <laughs> but uh, but they say that it's because Sage Whisker uh, didn't try hard way. enough. Didn't try hard enough. This yeah. is also the one that was correct is the one that <laughs> has, has a, typo. a typo in it, which says Sage Whisker twice. Incredible. Oh, sorry to drag, sorry to drag uh, the warriorcats.com. No, it's fine. Oh, man. All right. Before we get into the summary today, I wanted to give a heads up uh, that although the stories that we are covering today do line up in our chronological read, uh, like, from where they begin, due to the fact that they end up spanning such a wide range of time, uh, we are going to be speaking about and spoiling some things that happen in the first two books of The Prophecies Begin, the original 2003 uh, arc of the of the novels. So, so there will be major spoilers uh, in here for both Into the Wild and Fire and Ice. It's really not, there's no way to avoid it. So yeah. <laughs> um, uh, an unfortunate uh, situation of, of the the way that these are written but if you don't care about spoilers or you know what happens come along on the journey with us otherwise if you really really don't want to know what's going to happen uh and it really the... is mostly just to yellow fang yeah it is all of this stuff that we're going to see from different angles later mm -hmm. but uh if you really if you don't want to know if you're like i am full-on embargo on any information about <laughs> right. about uh, Into the Wild or Fire and Ice, uh, you'll have to skip this episode for now and and come back around to us. Probably, I'm guessing Blue Star will also cover some of this stuff. We'll see. Yeah. Anyways, that's the disclaimer. Thank you. Good night. Except we not love good you night because <laughs> we love you. Thank you for listening. Here we go. I'm gonna read. I'm gonna read. I'm gonna read. <laughs> <laughs> Young Shadow Clan Cat Yellow Kit is filled with a deep love and pride for her clan, and wants nothing more than to support it by being the greatest warrior she can be. From a young age, she struggles with phantom pains that mirror the injuries or illnesses of others, but despite this, she throws herself into warrior training when she is apprenticed as Yellowpaw. During apprenticeship, she forms a strong friendship with fellow trainee Raggedpaw. He confides in her that clan gossip concerning his father's identity weighs heavily on him. Later, after he's earned his warrior name, Raggedpelt, Yellowpaw convinces him to explore Two Lake Place with her and investigate his heritage. They meet an unfriendly gang of city strays and are pointed toward a tom named Hal, who denies knowing anything about the clans despite bearing a striking resemblance to Raggedpelt. Yellowpaw finishes her apprenticeship soon after, earning the name Yellowfang. She and Ragged Pelt grow closer still, despite not always seeing eye to eye, and eventually become mates. Not long after this, the camp is raided by the Two Leg Place cats. During the battle, Yellowfang finds Ragged Pelt and his mother, Featherstorm, confronting Hal, who now admits to fathering Featherstorm's sons. He taunts and belittles Ragged Pelt, who furiously lashes out killing him with a single blow 
finally tying a knot in this loose thread of his history. As routines return to normal, Yellowfang's pains begin interfering during skirmishes, leaving her intensely hurting even when she sustains no injuries. Sage Whisker, the clan's medicine cat, confronts her, forcing her to admit what they've both realized. Yellowfang can feel other cats' pain as though it was her own. Sage Whisker calls it a gift from Star Clan and implores Yellowfang to give up the warrior's path and to become a medicine cat. Not wanting to forfeit her dreams or her mate, Yellowfang at first refuses, but her powers only grow more intense, and she begrudgingly accepts that healing is her destiny. She breaks the news to Ragged Pelt, recently promoted to deputy, but neither of them can let go of their feelings. They agree to continue their relationship in secret. As the seasons change, Yellowfang's medicine cat apprenticeship progresses smoothly, Ragged Pelt trains his first apprentice, Cloudpaw, and for a time it seems they'll be able to pull off their hidden relationship. But when Cloudpaw is gravely injured in a skirmish while his mentor and Yellowfang steal time alone together, the consequences of their arrangement become apparent. Yellowfang works tirelessly to bring Cloudpaw back from the brink of death, and while she is successful, this ordeal is her last straw. She breaks it off with Ragged Pelt for good this time. But it doesn't take long for her to realize that her secret hasn't let go of her yet. For she is pregnant with Ragged Pelt's kits. Concealing her pregnancy, Yellowfang carries on with her duties, plagued by ominous dreams where kittens fight to the death. She gives birth in secret. Of her three kits, only one survives, a tomkit with a kink in his tail. While she has resolved to give the kit away and never reveal herself as his mother, she spends one night with him. She's frightened by the anger she senses in him, even as a newborn, but hopes Ragged Pelt's paternal love will be enough to shape him through childhood. She calls him Broken Kit, not for his tail, but for the way her heart breaks when she says goodbye to him. Ragged Pelt ascends to leadership, becoming Ragged Star. He and Yellowfang's relationship is now distant and cold. Occasionally, they argue over Broken Kit as he grows into a fearsome cat, valuing strength above all else. She hopes his mentor, Nightpelt, will be a good influence on him, but Nightpelt's inexperience and chronic cough only leads to a doubling down on Broken Paw's beliefs once he earns his warrior name, Broken Tail. Fiercely ambitious and favored by his father, he quickly gains the role of deputy. Haunted still by violent dreams, Yellowfang fears there may be no end to her son's desire for power. Unexpected tragedy strikes. Mortal wounds sustained in a border dispute with WindClan strip Ragged Star of all nine lives at once. Succeeding his father, Broken Tail, now Broken Star, begins to enact frightening changes to the clan. He prioritizes battle training above all else and exiles the elders, including Coffred Nightpelt, claiming caring for the elderly and infirm is draining the clan's resources. Most concerning, he begins apprenticing kits before they've reached six moons old, sending cats as young as three moons into battles where they are terribly injured or killed. When Yellowfang tries to push back against Broken Star's policies, he retaliates by pinning the death of two newborn kittens on her, 
using the tragedy to banish her completely from Shadow Clan. Bereft and heartsick, Yellowfang wanders, not bothering to sleep or eat, eventually stumbling into ThunderClan territory. There, a young Tom with a flame-colored coat discovers her. Given asylum by ThunderClan, she wonders if she can convince them to help her liberate ShadowClan from the tyrannical rule of the sun she couldn't control. What oh. a fucking huh. what a <laughs> fucking book, y'all. Oh, these books go. Okay. That okay. was a long one, but but uh, strap in. We've still got Exile from Shadow Clan. All right. Whew. In Exile from Shadow Clan, we follow Night Pelt and the Elders, discarded by Broken Star, as they establish a new camp on the edge of Shadow Clan territory. Already struggling with feelings of uselessness due to his early retirement and persistent cough, Nightpelt fears Broken Star's point might be proven. However, when the elders work together to support themselves across several seasons, he realizes that caring for the so-called weak only strengthens a community. While the exiled cats thrive, they collect scraps of information about their clan's struggles under Broken Star's rule. Cats who disagree with him, like Yellowfang, are forced out, and they are constantly picking fights with other clans, even driving Wind Clan from the territory completely. Nightpelt laments that their small forces alone aren't enough to overtake Broken Star and his allies, but his hope is rekindled when Yellowfang arrives, bringing Thunder Clan support. Together, the combined forces make their move and are able to subdue the tyrant, who admits to killing Ragged Star himself as well as killing the kids, whose death he used to frame Yellowfang. He is driven off, leaving Shadow Clan battered and bereft, but intact. As the elders rejoin the main camp and the clan rebuilds, Knight Pelt is asked to take over as leader. Touched, he accepts. But when he visits the Moonstone to receive his nine lives, Star Clan greets him grimly, explaining that they cannot bestow him leadership when Broken Star still lives. Nightpelt is appalled to learn that Broken Star has technically kept his promise. He made Shadow Clan the most feared clan in the forest. And now Star Clan claims they are powerless to revoke his nine lives. A demoralized Nightpelt resolves to continue supporting Shadow Clan through his leadership, returning to the camp as Nightstar with or without Star Clan's blessing. So Yellowfang's secret. She sure do have a secret. She's got quite a few. A couple, actually. Uh, yeah, a couple, one, you know? One more than I thought she did. <laughs> okay, were you also completely blindsided by the fact that she has magic powers? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I had no I, idea. I, I thought, I was like, maybe I just forgot that this is something that they talked about. No, I don't ever remember that being a thing. Uh, but it really, it, it, it smacked me. It's, it smacked me in the head. I was like, oh my God, wait, <laughs> she has a magic power. Yeah, it's wild. I, <laughs> the first note I wrote, yellow kit, I'm an empath. Literally? <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> 
Oh, man, that just it completely took me by surprise because I don't ever remember that being a thing. Yeah. And I don't think that it was. a. I, I really don't think that it was a thing until this book. And I don't think they even ended up really talking about it in any of her other appearances, because later in like across the whole course of the timeline, we'll be getting a lot of Yellow Fang because in the end, she actually sort of I don't think it's too much of a spoiler to say that she ends up being sort of a Star Clan emissary, kind of like one of the main cats that that communicates to to the clans via Star Clan, like as time passes, because time pa- there's a lot of time, time goes by. And I don't think that it's ever brought up. And there's certain areas where I would expect it to have come up. I won't say more for now. Yeah. No, it is. It was really, I don't know. It just feels like a weird addition because... It feels like they needed a reason to make her be a medicine cat. Yeah, it felt a little bit like, oh, oh, okay. Oh, we have to give her a reason to have been a warrior and then a medicine cat. Like, and they couldn't think of anything other than... She has special power that make her medicine cat. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I do think that it adds a certain level of... um, There is a certain level of interest that you can sort of project onto it. In the fact that, like, maybe she's she is known as a very cranky, curmudgeonly character. And it's like, well, maybe part of that is the fact that she's, like, always having to deal with this other thing that nobody knows about. But that is, like, a big part of, of her life. And that's interesting, but also just the, I think the fact that she had so much love as a child and saw so much pain be enacted... Uh, like throughout her life is enough of a reason for her to be very cranky and still have that hit really good. Yeah. I don't know. I, it was an interesting, yeah, I many don't interesting really know. choices I'm not, made. I'm, I'm not necessarily like against it. I'm not it. upset it's, about it. It's just interesting. It's just sort of a wild choice. I don't know. It just, it really surprised me. Speaking of Aaron choices. Aaron's love to write a story about the inexorable certainty of destiny. Uh, they keep doing this. I'm sick of it. Yeah. Not really. But. <laughs> yeah. But y'all really got, they got a lot. Aaron, the Aaron's got a lot of feelings about uh, predestined they sure scenarios. Do. huh? They've got a lot to say about predestined scenarios. Oh, man. I did really, I think. Just in general, Yellowfang has always been such a, like, I don't want to say unique character because she's, it's not that, just such a strong, like, she leaves such a strong impression. Mm-hmm. And I really enjoyed getting to see the softer side of Yellowfang because when I you're know. first introduced to her, it's that scene at the end of this book where she first meets Firepaw and you're like, oh my God, this old lady is such an ass. Just but this like cranky old lady and seeing what brought her to that I is know, so it's good. It's devastating. Oh my <sighs> Lord. I... Like the one of the first things I wrote down was that like the scene where she has sympathy for the badger, Bro, and she's like, yeah. "I don't want to have to chase like kill the badger's kids because they're in our space." And she like feels good that they didn't have to kill him because the badger just ran away. I was like, "Oh, she like feels the pain of her clan, so she can imagine the pain of like creatures that are for the most part not considered sentient in this." universe it's she breaks my heart 
I know, me too. I, I love Yellow Fang so much. And I think that's one of the reasons, I think also going back to the magic power for a second, that like it feels like it hits so funny because she's already such a strong character. Like they didn't need to do something to make her interesting. Right. Because she already like sort of exudes this this sort of mm -hmm. like, emp like she doesn't have to have a magic pain feeling power to have empathy and like express a unique and special kind of empathy that might be helpful to her in medicine cat life or or just like is is very different from a lot of what we see from like the other cats and and warriors mm -hmm. in the in the series but yeah it's so it's so good i love yellow fang a lot yeah she wow what a great character <laughs> So good. And I'm I'm so delighted that we have this and this is like our first experience with her in this reading order, mm -hmm. because now what we're going to see sort of what what you alluded to there is we're going to see her be be very much just like she's always everybody's like she's cranky she's scary she's like messy her fur is always fucked up i loved the detail that she is always like sort of ungroomed because she's too fucking busy and she's like right. when am i supposed to have time to groom myself like i'm fucking I have so saving much lives fucking over fur. here <laughs> And I'm saving, if I'm I, saving if lives. If I were a goddamn here. kitty pet, I'd be getting brushed every day. Like, I have that much fur. Mm hmm. Sage Whisker was an interesting character to me because, yeah. like, very clearly, Yellow Fang adores her, especially towards the end of Sage Whisker's life. But, like, Sage Whisker insisting on Yellow Fang becoming a medicine cat was so, like, frustrating to me. <laughs> Because I feel like there were so many better ways she could have done it. It was very much like for a character who is supposed to clearly be sympathetic and like and is set up to be guiding Yellow Fang mm -hmm. down this path that she didn't expect. It's very much kind of has the feeling of like this cat is blackmailing this other cat. Yeah, for real. Like <laughs> it's it's wild. I mean, like by the end, I really did love Sage Whisker as well. But like early on, I was like. Sage Whisker, this is not how you get a cat who is so excited about being a warrior and like literally on the way to starting a family to be a medicine cat. I know, it's so... Try a different approach. And I think it's a really interesting parallel to what we saw with Brambleberry, the medicine cat that was... Uh, sort of knew that there was some shit going on with Crooked Star right. throughout his whole life and had this feeling that there was some sort of destiny that he was was hurtling towards, but was trying so much to be hands off and just let him choose his own path. I think there's an interesting parallel here with Sage Whisker, who's like, you have a destiny and you're going to fulfill it whether you like it or not, young lady. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think both of them had sort of flawed executions because like to to be alive is to is to be human is to make mistakes right even as a warrior cat but I, I thought that that was interesting to sort of see two very different versions of a similar scenario. Uh, I would love to talk about ragged pelt slash ragged star a little bit what 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 was what was your vibe on him? I have complicated feelings about him. Yeah, I did too, which is why I'm really curious to hear yours, because I, uh, I had a hard time. Yeah, uh, so my first note on Ragged Pelt is Ragged Pelt is every toxic 
young adult angsty boyfriend. He's he so is, Edward he, Cullen. I was just about to say he's so <laughs> Edward Cullen. <laughs> oh my god. Like, yes, he is he's he is that. Like, I I don't know if I think he's well written or if I think he's inconsistently written. It's really difficult for me to say. There were times I was definitely rooting for the two of them. And then there were times I was like, why is he acting like this? Yeah, it was very I couldn't figure out if it was something if it was a a character choice that that Cherith as the as the author of this one and the Aaron's in general as a writing team were trying to make with him that like they were mm-hmm. purposefully making him very inconsistent in being very like switching back and forth really quickly from very loving to like colder and being kind of of uh unpredictable in that way or if it is just a side effect of we have a story to tell and it is a specific story and so we're kind of like working in the tropes and kind of the the archetypes that we want to invoke here yeah i i, I truly i do i do not know yeah i just couldn't i can't I decide didn't... which one i think it is yeah exactly i don't feel like there's enough evidence either way exactly but i really I will say what I really enjoyed about him was watching their relationship develop. I really liked the development and I really liked being able to like it. Listen, it's juicy when two exes still have to work together. OK, it is. <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. They're so divorced. They're so divorced. Oh, man. It's like, OK, this is going to be a poll, but. So when Scarlet, Pokemon Scarlet and Violet were coming out, mm-hmm. and like when when everybody was playing Pokemon Scarlet and Violet, <laughs> so one of my <laughs> one of my Twitter mutuals got very into the ship of Larry and Gita because they were like, I just think they have the most divorced couple energy and he has to still work for her. And I'm like, wow. Oh (laughs) no. Exact same dynamic here. It is. This is why you don't listen. This is why, this is why workplace relationships are so, are so like, they're risky. They're fun. fun, And fun to read about. Cause wow, the drama. (laughs) God, and all the times he's like, I, I thought you were going to be my deputy and stuff like that. I was like, damn, dude, you were like, he was really like hyping up the nepotism from the beginning. He, dude, <laughs> nepotism central with this man. Yeah. Because he now it's been like I said, it's been over a month since I read this book, but he also makes his brother his deputy, right? Does Scorch? No. For- no, he doesn't. He makes his apprentice his deputy. Ah, he does make his apprentice his deputy, though. So that's still that's still some nepotism. Yeah. And then he makes his son his deputy. Bad, bad choice. Bad choice on his part. Yeah. I really enjoyed the... Uh, I mean, it was frustrating, but frustrating in like a fun Oh, and he also made his girlfriend his deputy. Oh, my God. Okay. I know that you also messaged me about this and I wrote this note. We have to talk about oh, yeah. that her name is Foxheart. Okay. For those who <laughs> don't understand how fucking funny this is, 
you will see if you read these books, you will see that the cats have their own sort of cat curses or cat insults. And one of them is to call somebody a fox heart is mm-hmm. to call them like they're a coward or they're devious, despicable, or- like two faced, things like that. Yes, exactly. So imagine, I mean, I know that they get like, can you imagine naming your child chicken shit idiot? That's what's happening here. <laughs> yeah. Or a uh, devious bastard. Yeah. It's so I just couldn't stop thinking about it. Yeah. It, it was this? man. Like the fucking her mom and her leader conspired to just name name her mm-hmm. bastard daughter. Like, <laughs> oh man, craven yeah. motherfucker! Like, <laughs> Jesus Christ, that's such a good way of putting it, craven yeah. motherfucker. <laughs> the names in this book, because I know you have opinions about names, and for once, like I noticed it too. Yeah, a lot of pelts, okay. a lot of things. There were two lizards, Lizard Stripe and Lizard Fang, and I got them confused all the time. Oh yeah, that was it was impossible to keep tabs on on who was who. I think some I saw something somewhere where someone was like, "I'm just headcanoning that that the elder, the lizard elder, uh, which I think was Lizard Stripe. I don't even fucking know, but one of them was named Lizard Stripe, one of them was named Lizard Fang, one was an elder, one was a uh, like a younger cat and somebody just said that they're related like one is the grandfather or, or grandparent and is named a- and the younger one is named after the older one and that's their headcanon and I was like that's the only way that this is okay because this is unacceptable yeah they got off to such a good start with silver flame too like one of the first c- cats were introduced to is silver flame and I was like silver flame fucking rocks what a good name yeah silver flame was a great name I loved Silver Flame in general. Great character, great name. Oh, the scenes where ooh, the scenes where Yellowfang thinks about how proud she is to look like her mother and her grandmother because they are a different. They sort of imply they are a different breed of cat. Uh, I think they're Persians. Um, is sort of how I've always envisioned them because they have these broad, flatter faces. Mm-hmm. Um, and like her having so much pride in like we look different. And I just love that I look like my mom and I look like my grandma was just. Yeah. eh, The amount of like, while there was like a lot of family drama, there was also some really nice, like good family moments. Like for the first time in a while, we've gotten a protagonist whose parents don't like hate them. Her parents love her so much they and they're do. always talking about how proud they are of her no matter what she does. Just <laughs> oh, they just care so much and I love that for for them. They care. Glad to see Goosefeather still a bitch. What is happening with Goose? I I'm so scared to read Blue Star's prophecy because Oh dog, it's not going to be good. <laughs> it's going to be bad. I don't know what happened to him. What happened to, to my boy? Uh he's he gone he gone loco. <laughs> um also I this was like a throwaway line, but I'm pretty sure there's polyamory in this book. Oh, give me the give me the lowdown. Toad Skip has two mates t- concurrently. Who does? Toad Skip. He's got two two wives. Oh fuck yeah, Toad Skip. Let's fucking go. Oh yeah, that's right. They did yeah. talk about that, didn't they? Uh-huh. He's got uh let's see, who's he? Pool Cloud and Nettle Spot, like, at the same time. Yeah. It was wild. 
I was like, now hang on. <laughs> Excuse me? <laughs> yeah, so that's interesting. That's yeah. just a fun little tidbit uh, I to yeah. point out. There's also discussions of cat abortion in this book. Wait. Was there? Yeah, Sage Whisker said when when Yellow when Sage Whisker took Yellowfang out of the camp, uh, she was like talking to Yellowfang about like, I know that you're pregnant, I know you're about to have kids, but you are a medicine cat. Like she straight up asked if Yellowfang was gonna kill her kids. Or like oh, if she yeah. wanted to kill the kids before they're born. I was like, Whoa, Whoa. in my warriors books, this is incredible. <laughs> Yeah, I think either either I had forgotten that detail or I thought of it more that she was like, you're going to deliver the babies and then kill them immediately, yeah, which is but like, equally I'm, fucked up. I'm like, like 90% sure that I feel like in a book before they have discussed like herbs that cats can take to like induce uh, abortion. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they had something like that. They have everything else. They have agriculture right. eventually. So, of yeah, course, exactly. they... They, they have, have snowball fights in this one, too, on a lighter They did note. have snowball fights! <laughs> uh, uh, anyways, Warrior Cat's pro-choice. Let's go. Let's go. Yeah. I just gotta take... I gotta take a few minutes in the middle here to uh, talk about the timeline here. Um, mm-hmm. Because nothing, nothing, <laughs> nothing in this book, nothing in this book lines up with, with anything. anything. <laughs> no. <sighs> How did this happen? We've, we read, there were like some things that you could say were like maybe confused or inconsistent when it came uh, with stuff that was happening concurrently from different uh, perspectives when reading Crooked Star's Promise and reading Tall Star's Revenge. There were some overlap things that's like, it was maybe a little bit funky, but like there was enough, the suspension of disbelief was fine and it wasn't that much, so it wasn't really that noticeable. Mm-hmm. This is bad. It's <laughs> it's egregious because I also took note, I was looking at stuff earlier, uh, and I put this in the fandom section, but I'll bring it up now. Between this and Tallstar's Revenge, the same battle is given entirely different details. It's completely in different. In Tallstar's yeah, have- Revenge, Wind Clan wins. In Yellowfang's Secret, Shadow Clan wins. It's and while point- I would love to say that it is a matter of the perspective from which the book is being told, I know the errands, and I know that's not what's going on. <laughs> It's to the point with that one that it's so different that I'm not completely convinced it's not a different, like, completely different battle, but it's also written with enough details that it's like, this is probably the same battle. Oh, no, it literally is the same battle. It's just there are different details. Everything is different. Like in one of in one of them, Cedar Star isn't there. And the other one, Cedar Star is there. Mm -hmm. There's there's a bunch of cats that aren't mentioned. Uh, the one that really stuck out to me was Mudfur showing up here. Okay, we we took we had a whole segment in the previous episode about Mudfur, about how cool his whole story is, the way that he was a warrior, that he decided he didn't want to be a warrior anymore. He was tired of fighting cats and and hurting cats and wanted to change to helping cats. And so he became a medicine cat in his later years. Like he became a medicine cat when he was an adult, similar to Yellowfang. Would have been, you would have thought, wow, that would be so interesting and great to see those two interacting, considering Mm -hmm. that they had similar but different sort of paths where they were warriors and then they were medicine cats. And it was like they had to change paths and it was different. No, Mudfur fucking shows up here 
has a medicine cat apprentice named Mudpaw. He is small. He is a child. Mm-hmm. Well, no, but they introduce him as Mudfur. And then in the next paragraph, they call him Mudpaw. Really? Because yes. I could have sworn it was Mudpaw the yes. whole way through. No, they, they call him Mudfur and then he's Mudpaw for the rest of the book. Oh no! And he's he he acts like oh you know he's not he's not acting like an adult he's acting like a, an apprentice you know yeah exactly absolutely unhinged <laughs> yeah there's there's some other stuff in here that I would have had closer to the front of my mind right after reading this that I can't remember what it was but. There were so many moments where I was like, this is really, I know we've talked about it, but they need somebody to to keep track of these things. They need to hire a person specifically for this. Yeah, I 100% agree. I mean, I know it doesn't really matter that much, but it just, I don't know. It just, <laughs> guys. No, I I agree. It's, it's hard for the super editions, especially because none of them are written in chronological order. Yeah, they're written all the fuck over the place. But, they're written like years apart. You really but... could just make like a nice big poster board and hang it in the office of the timeline. <laughs> I feel if like. you know if this is the you know it's one thing if if like it's one person right mm-hmm. and it's like one person and they're trying to keep track of everything all by themselves. They have a team. Mm-hmm. They should just. They just, you guys could just have one more person. And that's like the person that's in charge of this. Yeah, I agree. I, I agree 100%. I know you agree. I know, I know you agree with me. I'm saying it out into the world. I'm, I'm pleading to the errands. Oh, man. Uh, let's see. I will say, as much as I fucking hate Broken Star, hearing why he is named Broken Star or Broken Kit destroyed me. <laughs> I, I was like, oh, no, no, you can't do it, Yellow Fang. This hurts. It fucking killed me. The whole scene of her going out into the snow to oh. deliver her kits. And two of them dying. God, it was so devastating. And her being so, like, always sort of just quietly thinking about her daughters. Mm-hmm. Eh. I know they didn't give the names in the book, I don't think, but her daughter's names are Wish Kit and Hope Kit, which (laughs) just makes it even worse. (laughs) It's just so much worse. I know we're kind of bouncing all over the place with this, but you know, whatever. It's fine. It's not like we don't do that every time. Another thing I thought was interesting is I'm pretty sure uh, the two cats that weren't part of the clan that Yellowfang was able to feel the pain of were Boulder and Russet Paw before they joined the clan. Like, in that battle, she was feeling Red and Boulder's pain. Oh, yeah, And that, right. like, foreshadows them becoming part of Shadow Clan. Aww. I thought that was a nice little detail. That is a nice little detail. I did not... Literally, I had you heard how long the mm-hmm. summary was. I had to cut yeah. Russet Fur and Boulder completely out of the summary because there was so much shit that happened in this book that I had to put mm-hmm. in the summary. The summary was like two pages long. But I really love the story of Boulder and Russet Fur. And like Russet Fur especially goes on to like have a major role across the books that I'm really excited to to kind of keep an eye on. Yeah. 
And I really liked seeing the origin story of these two cats from Two Leg Place that decided to join. It was so good. And they weren't like spies or anything. And that was just so refreshing. It was so nice that they weren't spies. But I liked that they weren't spies, but they still had what I thought was a a good use of like the miscommunication trope here with the other cats, like the attack and the cats from Two Leg Place thinking that the clan cats had taken them hostage when really they wanted to come and live there. And I, I thought that was all really good. Yeah. Also didn't end up getting mentioned in the in the summary, but boy, they go to Carrion Place and fight rats a fucking they lot. They sure huh? do. They sure why do they keep, and fight rats a lot. Why do they keep going over there? Stop going to Carrion Place. It's bad. Stop going to the dump to fight rats. It's bad over there every time. It's bad every time. It's bad over there every time. I I mentioned it earlier, but the as as everything moves along and you see b- broken kit go from, you know, being like a kind of ostracized, yeah, young kit into this very, like, I thought it was really interesting and maybe not necessarily the most, like, in depth, the most, the most, there wasn't, there wasn't like a lot of texture there, but the fact that like one of the reasons that he ended up becoming the way that he was, or at least the reason that he sort of pushed so hard in that direction is because it was the way that he was being that he was getting praise and like becoming accepted by his other clan members was that he was like really good at practicing fighting and stuff and they were like wow it's really cool that you're so good at fighting and that sort of pushed him in this direction Mm -hmm. which I thought was I thought was interesting but also he is doomed by the narrative to be evil, including giving his mother a death glare as a, as a, as a newborn yeah, baby, wild. basically. That was a wild time. So Gamers, much. do you ever give birth to your... What if you give birth to a child and the vibes are off? What if your baby's <laughs> vibes are just fucking rancid? <laughs> Why are there so many deadbeat dads? Have we ever stopped to question whether the kid's vibes are just rancid? I think about <laughs> that tweet all the time. It's, it's so... It's an extremely, weirdly very apt for warrior cats in general. Because oh, yeah. oh, we, yeah. we also have had that with Pine Star and his son. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The vibes are off. Yeah. But yeah, watching and watching Yellowfang go from being like so overflowing with love and care as a kid, uh, to, to this and like angry, and, jaded woman. It was so good. It's so good. And <sighs> also the whole thing where she is so like she has this whole arc where she has to give up her children and she's like devastated over it and then what does her child do goes turns around and accuses her of brutally murdering her younger sisters Mm -hmm. like fucked up if true it happens it does happen anyways it's really it's good it's wild it's good shit i don't i don't know that i have anything articulate to say about it but it's good shit yeah seeing shadow clan's descent i really loved that because like we've mentioned before when we are introduced to Shadow Clan in Into the Wild as like your first time reading Warriors back in 2003, mm-hmm. Shadow Clan is evil. Like you're just like, oh yeah, that's the evil clan. That's the that's evil the clan. Evil yeah. group. Mm-hmm. But seeing how Cedar Star and even Ragged Star, who I was like, oh, I know he does like not some some not great things, but like even Ragged Star was a 
pretty damn good leader. Yeah, he wasn't he he wasn't evil coded in the end. He exactly. was maybe overly ambitious and maybe a little bit stupid brained sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes man's not not be thinking, mm-hmm. but uh but but not evil not like capital E evil. Yeah, not broken star evil. But yeah, it was not- so it was so fascinating and so like rewarding to me to see Star or Shadow Clan go from a good clan <laughs> to what they are in the prophecies begin. Because I have always felt like, you know, why do we have to make them <laughs> the ones in the dark area, the bad the bad cats? But like yeah. seeing that things were good and how they got so bad was really nice to me. Yeah, I think that adds so much richness that's going to make reading and discussing the prophecies begin all that much better Mm -hmm. and just like improve my enjoyment of the books as a whole. Yeah, I agree. And I just I just feel for all those fucking cats. Those cats have it so rough. Like I said, you know, I enjoyed Yellowfang before this book. This book made me adore her. Yeah. Like, I feel that this book did a really good job of showing how she got to where she is, how Shadow Clan got to where they are. I feel like it was very, as many inconsistencies as there were, I feel like it was a very good guide to how things got as bad as they did. Yeah, I mean, I clown on all those little bits where it's like, really, you can't get this to line up. But like, as a as a individual story, mm-hmm. I thought this was great. Yeah, um, very tight. Really tight. I felt, it felt almost like... Like an understated prestige drama. Mm-hmm. There was something about it yes. that, that had that feeling more than like, there's a lot of time it's very like bombastic, adventurous, you know, high drama, melodrama, all of this stuff. This one, it had some of that stuff, but it felt a lot more uh, understated and it felt a lot more like embroiled in these personal stories yes. than like a big overarching conflict, even though there are conflicts, but it's so, so much of it is, is internal in a way that I thought. Yeah, was- I was going to say it's a very introspective book. Yes, exactly. And a I think lot that's of really Yellowfang stuff is very internal, which mm-hmm. makes sense because she can't fucking talk to anybody about her shit. Like, <laughs> she can't. She can't. She'll get, she'll, they're gonna, they're gonna say, they're, they're gonna exile her if she's, if she says her secrets. Yeah. I feel like I don't really have much else about this book in particular, except for, I have, I see here on the notes, you put Firepaw Spotted. Firepaw Spotted! I, I had in my notes, all caps, two exclamation points, Barley! Because Barley was there, and I barley love Barley. Barley was there, there was a Barley cameo, I was like, and then I also have the famous line, which for the, those of you unaware, I think it's a Tumblr post going around that's like, why does Warriors have the rawest lines? And then you remember it's fucking cats talking and it's, <laughs> you seem in an awful hurry to die. He meowed. Oh, it's <laughs> That post gets me every time. I think I've been sent it about 20 times. I, and I laugh every time it comes across it's my so dash. It's so good. It's so oh. funny. Man, I love warrior cats. Me too. Speaking of loving warrior cats, can we talk about Exile from Shadow Clan? Uh, yes, I want to talk about Exile from Shadow Clan. Uh, I loved this. I loved, I loved this, manga. this book so much. I want to go find a copy of it because, wow. 
I love Night Pelt. Night Pelt's a fucking guy. That's a fucking I, guy right there. I think he is such a good fucking character in really this manga. Good. He is so well done. He is so kind and good and brave, and he's just a good boy. He's just a, he's good- a certified good boy. He is a certified good boy. I really thought that it was so like delightful to see this narrative with this manga that was so focused on community building and sort of this seeing seeing uh you know very much like an individualist society versus a communal society and seeing how those two things play against each other and Literally was seeing in this manga about cats, them talk about, you know, stuff that I talk about a lot uh, in, you know, critique of capitalism and um, America and uh, exceptionalism and all of this, all this shit like that. But fucking pulling yourself up by your bootstraps bullshit. And so it was just, I was just fun. I just had a great time. I was like, wow, this is just a delight. This is just great. And like, I... The things that I saw people talking about with it is like, you know, we have mentioned that a a lot of the early warrior stuff has such a huge problem with ableism and ageism and things like that. And this graphic novel absolutely does not like it is all about like caring for those who need the assistance of others and like how important and critical that is it's all about community building and and caring for your community yeah i'm lifting my arms up in the air uh also as someone who suffers from asthma a lot uh (laughs) i just find that night pelt was a very relatable little character because he was like i want chronic cough yeah he was like i want to do it very very gray wing I will say. Yeah, it, we're we're back in Greywing territory, which is great. I love to be here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all the moments, all the moments where he's like, I want to do things and I just can't. Like, there's just sometimes you just can't. Yeah. There was some moments I can't, I, I think it was probably shown in the manga and also in Yellow Fang's uh, secret, but like the scenes where he talks about how his cough does get better if he doesn't have to, if he's not tasked with so many warrior duties and how that's like frustrating to him. Mm-hmm. Good shit. Good. Yeah. Good shit. Well, and that like, that's the thing too, is like, that's the thing that I complain about all the time with my own yeah. asthma is I'm like, damn, I used to be able to do this, but because I keep fucking coughing, I can't. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it was really, I mean, it was just a very well done side story offered some great perspective on some of these events that happen in The Prophecies Begin and towards the end of Yellowfang's Secret, gave us like a really good glimpse at, again, the positive parts of Shadow Clan. Also, Which I think is so, yeah, so important. One of the things that I also just really liked, and I mentioned this when I was uh, reading it, uh, I just loved the art. I just really loved the color like, the use of color was fantastic, because when I was reading them when I was younger, none of the manga were colored. Mm-hmm. That's um, a relatively new thing that they actually brought the illustrator back in and had him do, like, a color treatment. And wowzers, bowsers, I just think it's so vibrant and fun. Yeah, I, lo- I think the color adds so much. I'm so in love with the, with the coloring. 
And I just love um, the way that Nightpelt is drawn. I think he's so scrungly and so cute. It's just, he's got such good facial expressions. There's something about his head being just like... So oval. It's just, he's so oval <laughs> in the best way. And like every Look, time you see him cough, like it's like a full body thing. It's so good. It's oh, good. It's so well done. Props to our fucking illustrator here. He yeah, rules. Who, we're going to talk about him in a second. Yeah, I'm gonna talk, we're going to talk about him in the Aaron corner. Uh, but yeah, I was equally... I and in the in the past I have clowned a little bit on like the cats with man faces yeah. feeling <laughs> of some of the of some of the art sometime but when you're reading it man it really works I like seeing it isolated feels silly but but once you're once you're in it like I got so into it and yeah I really there's actually a lot of great gesture there's a lot of great shapes there's like good expression work I'm a big fan mm mm-hmm. Should we go um, to the Aaron Corner? Do you have anything else you want to cover before? No, I just really liked that manga. I just thought it was, it was really, really good. It was, fun. it was a really good thing. I think it was really well done. I really enjoyed it. And uh, I'm definitely going to give it a reread. Yeah. I'm ready to head to the Aaron Corner. All right. And here we go to the Aaron Corner. Uh, Yellow Fang Secret was written by Cherith Baldry who has said that she really relates to Yellow Fang because, like her, she gets irritated easily, which I thought was, like, a cute thing to point out. And generally, from what I could find, all of the errands, like, Yellow Fang is one of the favorites of any of the errands when they're asked, like, who's your favorite cat to write? Or who's your favorite cat in general? Mm -hmm. Or, you know, da-da-da-da-da. And, like, everybody, just about everybody mentions Yellow Fang. Kate Carey, specifically, uh, when asked if she could bring any warrior cat into the world, which one would it be? She said it would be Yellow Fang so that she can give her a nice, happy home in her old age, which made me very emotional. (laughs) <laughs> That's so devastating. I know. <laughs> oh. Vicky Holmes did specifically talk about that she thinks Yellow Fang might have British short hair ancestry, which uh, contributes to sort of the flatter face. I'm still more in, like, I picture her more as a Persian than just as a British short hair, but both of them do have those those kind of rounded, flattened faces. I think that's, I just think it's fun to think about what breeds of cat the cats are. Mm-hmm. Uh, it uh, it makes me so happy to do that. It's fun. It's so fun. <laughs> yeah, and I I kind of touched on this already. Um, that I I think that Cherith's tendency towards drier or less sensational uh books continues to hold here. But I think that it was put to its. I think she was putting her best foot forward for the for this one. And like I said, she kind of took her her propensity towards the understated towards the the more introspective side of the stories and really like did great work with it i think this is this is probably my favorite cherith thing that we have read so far i'll have to you know i'll have to to look back at the notes and see but yeah i really had a good time with this one so that's what I've got for Yellow Fang's secret itself. Couldn't find too much by way of... I was hoping for more trivia about, like, the writing of it or anything, but I couldn't particularly find anything. Did find some great info on the manga, though, because uh, previous prior to this, I had thought that the writer and illustrator for the manga was all the same person, but it turns out it's two different people. There's Dan Jolly, who does the writing for them, who also is involved in comics, and then uh, James Barry is the illustrator, uh, and he has some, uh, like, 
videos on YouTube that sort of show some of his work, like the the physical drawings, because a lot of these were done traditionally, and those are really fun to see. And I, like I said earlier, I really like that he was hired when they republished them. They decided to to do these these full color versions, and they rehired him to do the color himself, which I just really like. So shout out to shout out to the publishers on that one. We love mm-hmm. we love it when an artist gets to you know continue being involved in their work. I also put in the notes here this screenshot of him holding this painting of. Ravenpaw and Barley, which is just so good. It's so cute. Because he does sort of similar to the style of the original covers with a little square uh, or a rectangle in the middle that is sort of a portrait. And then there is a wider image behind that. And Much he like does... our uh, our cover art for the podcast. Yes, that's what that's what inspired the uh, the way that I do the cover art for the podcast. Um, And he does these in uh i believe it's like acrylic paint or or gouache on actual little canvases or uh, i'm not sure if it's canvas or if it is like a wood uh like a block of wood uh but it's it's great and they're just hand sized and i don't know from an artist standpoint it just makes me really happy to see that stuff i love seeing process i love seeing like the physicality of that i I love I love art in all its forms. I am immensely impressed by artists all the time. There is just something so lovely about seeing such skill with like traditional art uh, as well. And then seeing how it likes knowing that these are done traditionally is astounding to me. It just makes me really happy. Because it is so much like there is so much in there and i'm like you mean to tell me that you did this by hand you mean to tell me this man has like a you know like a pile of papers yay high in his oh did i i feel like i've told you this before he sells the originals yeah sells them on On, i think right yeah like the the pages that he has it's great yeah and he's just also seems like a like a really like like nice charming guy yeah, just like a nice dude. Uh, but that's, yeah, that's about what I've got for the Aaron Corner today. Just a, just a bunch of a Bunch of cool stuff. stuff, yeah. A bunch of cool stuff. You can tell we've been recording a while. I'm starting to, I'm starting to. We're starting <laughs> to flag. I'm starting to fly. I started to lose my train of thought. Take us to. Uh, yeah, take let's us go to, share some let's, tongues. Let's share, let's share tongues. some tongues. I don't have a ton to say because uh, I did not watch a lot of the AMVs. Uh, because a great deal of them are animation practices or they deal with like her actions in the prophecies begin. So I'm going to revisit them later on just to like double check. But we've got quite a few. Uh, Yellow Fang seems to be decently popular for her actions, mostly in the main series. But there are a few that are definitely like from Yellow Fang's secret. Um, and she yeah, seemed the, like a uh... really popular one for folks to like practice animating with which i think is really fun because she is such a very ex- expressive character yeah she's got a lot of personality which would be good for that tumblr didn't have much there's a ton of art though not like scene art but a lot of character designs because we are getting into like cats that people are familiar with um mm-hmm. so there's just like a billion yellow fangs <laughs> it's so great <laughs> 
this is where I saw the the thing pointing out the inconsistencies in the Wind Clan Shadow Clan drama. Uh, someone called this the most miserable book in all of Warriors, which I don't know if I agree with, but it is pretty depressing. It's pretty, it's pretty depressing. I think that I was still more depressed by Tallstar's Revenge mm-hmm. for the most part. Um, but that might be a personal thing, but th- there was some fucking, there was some fucking, fucking brutal shit. I did post in our chat that we needed to add a tally under my name for the times this stupid Warriors series has made me cry. Uh, but the s- reason we had to add a tally for that is because of Exile from Shadow Clan. So, you know, what can we say? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> somebody clowning on the way Archie's uh, <laughs> eyebrow is <laughs> in the manga. He's got the fucking it's- DreamWorks uh, she's got the DreamWorks face the whole time. Yeah, it's so it's funny. It's great. So I love it. Funny. Thank you so much, Barry, for that. Uh, somebody in the tags called Blackfoot their fucking loser meow meow. So there's that too. <laughs> uh, but other than that, not much, uh, not much burning in the uh, in the Tumblr tags. Ao3, quite a bit. I will say. Uh, the first thing that I saw when I opened up Ao3 was somebody is retelling all of Star Wars. Uh, but setting them as warrior cats. So Holy that's going shit. on. Did not read it, but I did just peek through the allegiances. Seems very detailed. There were wow. five fixed tagged for Yellowfang Secret, 21 for Ragged Star, 184 for Blackfoot, and 255 with Yellowfang tagged, meaning Yellowfang played a significant oh. role in that fic. So Good on our queen. Uh, there were eight specifically for Yellowfang and Ragged Pelt uh, as a as a couple. Uh, 135 featuring Broken Tail makes sense. Um, mm-hmm. 54 for Running Nose and 39 for Night Pelt. Uh, but I said that Night Pelt deserves more, and like half of them are discontinued. So I feel bad for my king. Yeah, he's so he's so good, but really like I'm gonna make up for this. We've I'm seen ma- him be the star of the show, and he's not really going to to get his time in the spotlight again. I don't. Yeah, think. I'm gonna um, write him a fic. I think that's gonna have to have to happen. He deserve he deserves it. He's so good. I love Night Pelt. Yeah, I think that's really all I had. I did not delve into Reddit this time. I didn't want to go in there. No Reddit today. I yeah, just that's fair. was not feeling it. <laughs> I'm gonna be honest. Like, there's never anything in the Reddit. Yeah. So that's about it. I really enjoyed this book. I feel like, as mentioned, Exile from Shadow Clan is only a year old, so it's not like yeah, it just came out in twenty twenty two, which is wild yeah. to me. It's not terribly surprising, I would say, that there's not a ton for it, given that it was a graphic novel release in the year twenty twenty two. But mm-hmm. you know, it's good. It's good stuff. It was good. Highly recommend. Yeah. One of one of the things I can like recommend the most highly. I agree. I, think. I really, yeah, I really enjoy like Exile from Shadow Clan. Very good. This is, it was a delight. It, I'm actually a lot more excited to delve into more of the manga in the coming episodes now. Just just based on how much I enjoyed enjoyed that. Anything else? Or should we talk about our Warrior Cat of the I Week? I think we should talk about our Warrior Cat of the Week because I had such a tough time picking. <laughs> Yeah, I had like three I, that were uh, like neck and neck. Mm-hmm. Mine was also a tough choice, but it ended up being uh, the same for both stories. And it is, I mean, speaking of Night Pelt, it's Night Pelt for me. Um, I loved his conversations with Yellowfang in Yellowfang's Secret. 
I uh, and I loved seeing that and his his like the way that he was presented there expanded upon in Exile from Shadow Clan. I think he deserves so much better. We didn't really get into it, but fuck Star Clan once again. Literally. Absolutely unacceptable behavior from Star Clan. Oh, we can't. We can't. I'm so sorry. We can't give you nine lives because we got the evil cat, and he's got. He already has his nine lives. We can't revoke him. He kept his promise. Yeah, fucking bullshit. Bullshit. Fucking bullshit. Stop that. Uh. Anyways, Night Pelt is my word cat of the week. I love you, Night Pelt. Mine is also Night Pelt. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> I mean. We kind of knew this was coming based on just how much I've raved about him. But he was like, I I was torn between, when I finished Yellow Fang's Secret, I was torn between Running Nose, Night Pelt, and Cloud Pelt. That was the three that I was, that I was Holy also debating. Holy shit. But then reading Exile from Shadow Clan, like, rocketed Night Pelt to the top. Yeah. Um, I just think he was a very well done character. I really enjoyed everything from him. And like there is something to be said too for running nose and cloud pelt. It Definitely. was <sighs> I really loved Cloud Pelt. I feel like I didn't talk enough about him, but I feel like he was such a good character. And I'm so sad that he died so, <laughs> so horribly. I know. I could because Cloud Pelt dying or Cloud Pelt nearly dying in the first place was like the thing that was like Yellowfang was so desperate and I was just like rooting the entire time. I was like, please let I this know. work out. She's trying so hard. Uh, and then he was so just good. so sweet to her afterwards. Like they were like buds and it was so. Yeah, they really became friends, which which was so heartwarming. Yeah, it was really good. And then, of course, Running Nose, like Running Nose had a few moments where I was like, Running Nose, are you kidding me right now? But like. I really liked him. I thought he was just a great apprentice to Yellowfang. He was so sweet and kind. And he was like always like he dealt with her bad moods when she had them like love... so well. He was like, uh-huh, that's all right. I I'll get I'll take care of it. Don't worry. I know. I love how he he's such a good foil to Yellowfang mm -hmm. here with like he's very sort of passive. He's very timid. He is really like anxious uh and like really trying so hard to do do his best and yellow fang is very like brash and and you know comes off as confident even if mm -hmm. she even if we know internally she's got a lot of conflict but she's always like trying to get him to kind of stand up for himself and everything and and i think that the the detail in the story of running nose making the really difficult decision to stay in oh, Shadowland, even though he wanted to support Yellowfang uh, and to stay there because he could not leave Shadow Clan without a medicine cat when Yellowfang was exiled. Mm -hmm. Really, I loved that scene. Yeah, that was really good. Oh, I can't wait to see more of him because I, I really was never like, I know you mentioned like, oh, I really loved Running Nose when he was in the original series i like straight up forgot about him so i'm really excited to like go into the series and being like oh there's my guy running those like i'm excited guy, about that guy. <laughs> there was always something as a child i was so like drawn to the fact that he has that he's just always got a runny nose i suppose he probably has some sort of allergies mm -hmm. but 
I mean, his name is literal. His name is Running Nose because his nose is always running. It's so good. Um, and I think they also describe him as having, like, crusty eyes. And yeah, he's got, like, eye he's... Ba- he's got, like, Gucci eye bags in the He does have Gucci in eye manga. bags in the manga. <laughs> it's so, it's so good. good. I love him. Um, but yeah, he's just, there was always something about that that was so charming to me, even in childhood. And so now I know, I've seen more of him. I know more about him. I'm like, that's my guy. Yeah. So shout out to Running Nose. Shout out to Night Pell. Also my guy. So many chronically ill kings in this, in this book. Really? Huh? In these two stories. That, so true. Well, I, this was, I was really worried that we wouldn't have a ton to talk about, but I feel like we, uh, just because I feel like I didn't take a lot of notes other than I really enjoyed both of these books, but I, I, yeah. feel, like, I feel like this was really good. Yeah, this was a great one. I had a great time. Excited to see whatever is happening in Blue Star's Prophecy and Rise of Scourge. Mm. Uh, Me too. I read the, I re- uh, today I read the author's note in the very front of Rise of Scourge, and I'm going to be talking about that in our next episode. <laughs> Ooh, exciting. A little preview. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, until then, dear listeners, uh, if you have thoughts, opinions, questions, or memes to share with us, you can write to us at pawsandclawspod at gmail.com. That's pause, as in what a cat has, claws, as in the part of speech, pod as in podcast we are also on twitter at pause and claws and on tumblr at pause claws pod listeners who are 18 years and older can come join us on discord which will be linked in the show notes you can find me on twitter or tumblr at humble goat and you can see the art i do including our podcast cover art at scoutwilkinson.myportfolio.com links to my portfolio as well as my Kofi page will also be in the show notes and you can also find me on Twitter at plot underscore twists or on Tumblr at antique hyphen romantic. Uh, I'm also on Blue Sky. That's a new thing. I'm plot hyphen twists on Blue Sky there. Uh, but you can find all of my uh, links at my card, which will be linked in the show notes that will also have access to uh, the secret projects I alluded to. Our next episode will be out in two weeks, where we will discuss Blue Star's Prophecy and the Rise of Scourge manga. Read along by buying the books from a local bookstore or checking out a copy from your local library. Until then, dear listeners, may StarClan guide your paws, even if they are really bad at it. <laughs> <laughs>